Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and I want to give one last honor and thanks to my wonderful, beautiful wife, Natalie. I love you. I don't know where you're at. I love you, Natalie. You're a phenomenal mother and a great wife, and I'm so thankful I get to do life with you. I wouldn't want to do life any other way than with you and Jesus. Mark chapter 3, verse 14, and he ordained 12. Ordained is kind of an old word we don't really use much. You don't really post that or see that on memes or gifs or anything, but ordained means to call. Someone say to call. So he called 12, these 12 men from wherever they were, fishermen, tax collectors, all over the city, all over Jerusalem and Israel and the surrounding areas. He called 12 that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach. Someone say to preach. That they might have power to heal sickness. Someone say heal sickness. And to cast out devils. Someone say to cast out devils. God is calling you today. Someone say God is calling me. God is calling me. For the next few moments, I'm going to preach from those two verses. Call to be with him. Look to your neighbor and say call to be with him. Look to someone else and say Jesus is calling you today. Amen. One more time, can you put your devices down or your Bibles down? Maybe throw your hands in the air. Let's close our eyes and let's ask God to change our appetite tonight. God, we have the attention, but God, we're hungry for the wrong things. It's not that video games or movies or those things are bad or sinful, but they are a weight. And Hebrews 12, 1 says, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily slow us down and let us run with everything we have for you. So today I pray that we can change our appetite, that our desire can be you. Our desire can be to know you more because this world is going to fade away. And so though we're going to enjoy the temporal, we're going to enjoy the life here, but God, we want to make sure that we're preparing for life there with you in eternity. So whatever it takes, whatever commitments we have to make, whatever prayers we have to pray, I pray that today that we can search our hearts and we can change our appetite in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time before you're seated, why don't you say, call to be with him. Amen. You can be seated. Can you imagine one day, Peter, the sons of thunder, Zebedee, that they're just fishing, they're hanging out. Matthew, he's just collecting money. And then one day, this guy named Jesus is walking by. He just looks at him and says, hey, why don't you follow me? See, the Bible records exactly what God wanted it to record, but there's a lot left in the scriptures and there's a lot more conversation going on. And I can imagine just like you and I that the Jews, these disciples, these 12 men, as they're working hard, as they're living their life, doing their best in whatever capacity they are living in, that this man that says, come and follow me, they probably ask some questions about it. What do you mean follow you? What, who are you and, and where are we going? How are we gonna live? How are we gonna survive? You can tell this is true because in Matthew and Mark, we see disciples that said, well, we have a funeral this week and I need to go tell my family bye and I need to go turn in my two weeks notice and then I'll follow you. But Jesus says, no, you gotta give up all of that and just follow me. Someone say, follow me. And the disciples were the exact same way. They probably had questions. They probably had some doubts and some hesitations while this man, Jesus, has yet to reveal himself as God manifest in the flesh, but yet he says, follow me. He called them and he says, I wanna do life with you. I have a great life. John 10, 10 says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And these men are now chosen, just like you are chosen today, young lady, just like you are chosen today, young man, to follow after God, to be in a relationship with God, to go on the adventure of a lifetime called a walk with God. 
And in this scripture in Mark chapter three, verses 14 and 15, we see some great things that God called the disciples to do that he's also calling you and I to do as his disciples in the 21st century. The first thing is we see that God called them that they might preach. Someone say to preach. Brother Chris, all over the world, the world is falling apart. Racism and and mental health and depression and anxiety and fighting and violence and families are being torn apart. And I want to let you know the answer for the world today, that same answer from 2,000 years ago, is still Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you know someone in your school that's struggling with their gender, if you know someone in your school that's struggling with depression, someone that's in a broken family, you are called to preach Jesus in your middle school, in your high school, in your college campus, in your neighborhood, in your family. It doesn't matter how broken they are. It doesn't matter what their lifestyle is. When Jesus steps into the room, everything has to change. Chains have to break. Fear has to bow. Everything changes at the name of Jesus. See, pastor, I believe in counseling. I believe in getting help. I believe in medicine. I believe in all of those things. But all of those things are secondary to Jesus himself. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to change your family. You can walk into your house tonight and you start to call the name of Jesus over your house and your family can change forever at the name of Jesus. Brother Drew Galloway talked about it last night that, and the night before that when he just got serious and he stood up and fought and he got serious about living for God and he started to tell others about Jesus. He baptized half of his family. Half of his family received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I kind of have that same story. The first person I ever got to baptize was my oldest sister in the name of Jesus Christ because when you preach Jesus, your family can be saved. It doesn't matter how long they've been gone. When you preach Jesus, your high school can be change. When you preach Jesus, you can't affect your middle school. You can change your whole world because you are called to preach Jesus. Yes, everything else might help them secondary, but first and foremost, we preach Jesus. Jesus over our families. Jesus in our cities. Jesus in our schools. We need Jesus. God, I pray We need you, Jesus. We need you. So come on, young man, you've been struggling with your call. Come on, young lady, you've been struggling with your call. You are called to preach Jesus. If you're following him, then you're called to tell others about him. It's not about just us four and no more. There's a broken world out there, and they need Jesus. He called 12 that they should be with him, that they should preach the gospel of Jesus to everybody because Jesus saves But he doesn't stop there. He says that I've called you to have power to heal sickness. Someone say heal sickness. That means cancer. That means headaches. And it's not just physical things either. That also means mental things, things that's plaguing your mind, things that you've been struggling with, thoughts about yourself and low self-esteem. You have the power in the name of Jesus to be healed of all that sickness. You can walk to that young lady who's wearing long sleeves and all the bracelets because she's trying to hide all the cuts. She's trying to hide the thing that's trying to help her. But in reality, you can go and pray over her mind and her life is forever changed because when you preach Jesus and you call on the name of Jesus, Jesus, they can be healed. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, we are healed. But more than just physical, he was bruised for our iniquities. 
A bruise is a broken blood vessel that's underneath the skin that doesn't puncture outside the skin. It's a wound that's inside, and Jesus was wounded inside for the inside things, the things that we hide, the things that we don't let leak out. But he was bruised for those things so that you can have the power to heal. The next time you're in a youth service, we might not have a big sanctuary like this. It might only be five of you all. It might be 50 of you all. The next time you're in a youth service, you have the power because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ to go lay hands on someone that's sick in their mind, that's sick in their body, and they shall be healed. You are called to do it. You're called to preach. Someone say to preach. You're called to heal sickness. Someone say to heal sickness. And you're called to cast out devils. You have authority and dominion over every single evil spirit in your home. It doesn't matter if your family's living for God or not. You control what comes on your screen. You control what video games you play. You don't have to just allow anything into your home, but you can stand up as an apostolic young lady. You can stand up as an apostolic young man, and you can make up your mind. You know what? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm casting out the evil spirits. That depression's not coming in my home anymore. I'm not struggling with anxiety anymore. I'm not struggling with low self-esteem anymore. I'm called to cast out devils. I have authority. What I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So tonight I take authority. I take authority over what's going on in my school. I take authority over the drug use. I take authority over the filters and all the fake facades on social media. I take authority of all the fornication that's going on. I take authority over all of that and I call Jesus over it. And that's exciting to preach about, and it should be. We believe to preach Jesus. We pray over our food in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of Jesus. When you're about to get into a car accident, you call out the name of Jesus. We believe in healing the sick. We believe that God can do a miracle even tonight in somebody's mind. God can do a miracle even tonight in someone's physical body. We believe that we have dominion over evil spirits. But there's something about that scripture that stands out that we so often miss. Spencer, a few weeks ago, you ate dinner with my wife and I, and as I sat there on the couch, you was at the dinner table, you heard this, this, this inception of a message kind of start to bloom out that we've turned a walk with God into a culture of just going to church. That it's all about the conferences. Go to those, but it's not only about the conferences. You're supposed to have a prayer closet, not just a conference that you survive by going from camp to camp. You survive from going to Youth Congress to Youth Rally when God is saying, if you just get a closet, I will take care of everything else that you need. Too many young people, we know how to live for God on the outside. We know how to blend in, we know how to join the choir, we know how to serve in ministry. But in reality, there's a God-sized void in our heart. There's something missing. There's something plaguing us. And it's because we're trying to preach in his name. We're trying to heal sicknesses in his name. We're trying to cast out devils in his name. But we're not fulfilling the scripture. Mark chapter three, verse 14. And he ordained 12. Sister Veronica, he called 12 that they might be with him. Rayleigh and McKenna, he called you to be with him. He called you to be with him. Asher, he called you to be with him. He called you to have an appetite, to be hungry for a relationship with him, Hayden. God wants to know you. Can you imagine the God of all creation wants to know you? 
that even while we were yet sinners, God wants to know you. Even while you grew up in a pastor's home and you feel like you live in a glass box, God wants to know you. Even if your family's not walking with God, God wants to know you. Even if you haven't done drugs and haven't run around in the streets and you've just lived for God your whole life, God wants to know you. Even if you've just lived a horrible life full of mistakes, God wants to know you. And you're called to be with him. You're called to be with him. And as I was studying Mark chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, another verse stood out to me. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. We see the exact opposite of what God called his disciples to do. Jesus stands up on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about the beatitude. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those that per are persecuted for my name's sake. They shall inherit the kingdom. He's talking about going to your prayer closet and talking about principles of fasting. But then in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, in the middle of all this multitude of disciples, he says, not everybody that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many disciples, many followers, will say on that day, Bailey, in your name, haven't we preached? In your name, haven't we healed the sick? In your name, haven't we cast out devils? And Jesus will look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because we can do all the preaching. We can be in the greatest church. We can grow up in church. But if you don't have a relationship with God, ultimately you have nothing. You have nothing. You have nothing. So Brother Tyler, I tried to make this come alive for me because I'm a visual kind of guy. And so at the mall that's no longer mall, I forget what it's called, uh, the, the mills, right? Back in the day when I was in college, I strapped a hidden camera to myself, Pastor. And I walked around, Brother Brendan, and I was like, oh, what's up, man? How you doing today? We used to go to high school together. And the guy's like, I went up to some older lady. I'm not going to do it here because I'm not calling any women old. And I said, Miss Jenkins, you used to be my math teacher. And she's like, I never taught math. I was like, no, I know it's you, Miss Jenkins. For real, you taught math. And it was so funny, the reactions I was getting. Different people were like, man, this guy's crazy. People calling security. But it was in the T-Mobile store that this message of Matthew 7 kind of came alive to me. There's this young guy, and you know, guys, we're prideful. We all think we're like the coolest guys ever. And so I walked in, I was like, bro, what's up, man? Don't you play basketball at the YMCA? He's like, yeah. I was like, bro, you're the guy with the three-point shot, huh? He was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're trash. I know you are. I didn't say that to him, but I knew he's, he's washed. And he was like, yeah, that's me. And I said, man, we, dude, you were killing it the other week. I saw you cross that guy up and you shot that three, man. It was just, it was crazy. Do you remember me? He looked at me. He said, I'm normally good with faces, but I don't know you. And I sat there and the joke was over. I didn't even think about the hidden camera anymore. And I thought, what would it be like in eternity? that I preached in his name, that I casted out devils in his name, that I tried to do all this stuff in his name, but yet I don't know the God of the name. Because there's a very big difference in knowing about God and actually knowing God. I can name a lot of Kobe Bryant stats, 
but I don't know him. And he never met me. I can name a lot of famous people, but to me, I'm just another face in the crowd. God forbid we make it to eternity after great opportunities like tonight. Well, God, I shouted, we are not the same. And we should. God, I sang on the special. I serve at my church. But yet we don't know him as just a piano player comes. Because he's called you to preach. He's called you to heal sickness. He's called you to cast out devils. But first, he's called you to himself. And today, Roman, as we sit there eating Chick-fil-A during lunch, you ask me, okay, you're preaching. I heard it. What are you going to do? I said, I was waiting for you to tell me. I thought you were a praying young man. And when he asked me that, we was kind of in a room full of people, and I kind of awkwardly answered him. I don't know if he even remembers that, but Kyle pointed it out to me later. And I said, because when you asked me that, God spoke something into my spirit for tonight. I texted Brother Drew Galloway and I said, Drew, I don't know what you're preaching. I don't want your notes. But this is what I'm feeling in the spirit. And he said, I was preaching that exact style of message about a relationship with God. Because the call of God always starts with the call to God. God forbid that you're a Judas. That you see the multitudes fed. You see the blind eyes open. You see the lame walk, the deaf hear. God forbid you get to be a part of new life with Pastor Aaron Batchelor, Crossroads with Brother Cressman, Restoration with Brother Trimble, the Sanctuary with Brother Blaine. God forbid you get to be a part of one of these great churches around. But yet you are like Judas. Where you get to see the miraculous week after week. Your pastor fasts and prays to have a message for you. And you're around it. You even can come to an altar sometimes. You even serve in ministry. But Judas, when Mary came with this alabaster box full of precious oil and she broke it at Jesus' feet, Judas said, that's a waste of money. You know what we could do with that money? You know how that could benefit me? Judas was constantly stealing money because it was about him and not about Jesus. He said, you know what I could do with that money? You're wasting it. And Jesus looks at him and says, it's never a waste when you're sacrificing anything for God. It's never a waste when you sacrifice that precious video game for God. It's never a waste when you unsubscribe from that video stream. It's never a waste when you put a time limit on your phone. It's never a waste when you fast. It's worship. And what Judas lost was worship. That God loves me. That the God of all creation loves me. And he started seeing going to church as a waste. He started seeing going to youth service as a waste. He started seeing, why do I have to fast and push back food? That's a waste. Why do I have to live like this? That's a waste. Why do I have to pray? That's a waste. Why do I have to read my Bible? That's a waste. Why do I have to dance? Why do I have to lift my hands? It's all a waste. But Mary said, no, it's worship. I don't hang out with those friends that negatively influence me because I'm worshiping. I'm hungry for God, Hayden, so I choose to worship. 
So Mark 3, 14 through 15, as we all stand, God called 12 that they might be with him, that they might preach, that they might heal sickness, that they may cast out devils. But first, the call of God always starts with the call to God. Because in reality, just like the 12 disciples, when you're with Jesus, everything changes. Because as long as they were with Jesus, people were healed. As long as they were with Jesus, 3,000 was filled on the gift uh, on the day of Pentecost with the gift of the Holy Ghost because they were with Jesus. As long as they were with Jesus, demons had to flee and jump into pigs and jump over a cliff because when you're with Jesus, everything else is added. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be taken care of. So no more going through the motions. No more hiding behind what you've learned to do is act good in church. But God is calling you to be with him. And you've constantly hit that red button on your spiritual phone, decline, decline, decline. I I just don't want a relationship with God, it's a waste. And so he put this text to you. He's leaving you voicemail after voicemail saying, I love you. Braden, I love you. Spencer, I love you. McKenna, I love you. Jesus is calling to you, CJ. He's calling to you, Jaden. He's calling to you, Caden. Tanner, Mason, he's calling to you. Don't get lost in ministry that you lose God. Can you find your place to pray right now? Not with friends yet, but can you maybe make your way to an altar, go find a corner somewhere, and can we just be honest in this moment in this altar call? God, search me that I'm not going to church, that I'm not involved, and yet I don't know you. God, it's not a waste, but I choose to worship because you're calling me to a relationship with you first. And so I pick up that spiritual phone and I decide I'm going to live for you. I decide to change what I'm hungry for, to change my appetite. God, I just want to know you. One thing have I desired. That's what I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. God, take this world, but give me you. If I have you, everything else will be okay. What will it profit you to gain the whole world but lose your soul because you don't know Jesus? That's it, young man. Why don't you really cry out to God right now and be honest? We're passionate about sports. Why don't we get passionate about God right now? Come on, young lady. Your heavenly father loves you. You've been looking for love like the woman at the well in all the wrong places. When God is saying, I have life for you, if you just choose a relationship with me. Come on, don't get lost in ministry. Don't get lost in a facade, but choose Jesus today. That's it. Maybe you need to bend down and really just cry out to God and build an altar. Maybe you just need to close your eyes and not go through the motions and really say, God, I need you. Maybe you need to make some fresh commitments. You know what? I spend so long on video games, but yet I don't pray. So today, God, I choose you. That's it. God is coming back. I know we don't hear it. He's building his church like Noah was building the ark. We don't know when the rain's going to come. But are you ready? God wants a relationship with you, young lady. 
wants a relationship with you. I know he has a relationship with your parent who's a ministry, but he wants a relationship with you. I know he, he, your parents have left you, but he wants a relationship with you. I know you're struggling, but he wants a relationship with you. I know you don't have it all together, but it's not a waste to choose Jesus. It's worship. Why don't you call out to him right now? 